0: Welcome to ConExpo, Con Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. All right, listeners, welcome back to ConExpo, Con Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. As you know, each week, the segment four is focused on job side of the future, and uh, this week is no different. Uh, we're going to focus on examples of deep space design. And continuing our discussion from segment one, I want to take a closer look at NASA's 3D Printed Habitat Challenge and what they really were focused on. And I think if you listen to segment one, where we took a look at NASA, and, and if you've listened to our two previous guests, um, I think it really got a really good understanding of what's going on. And I think it's really important to take a closer look at all of what NASA's doing, and even more importantly, at all of this because it will help give us insight into how 3D printing might impact the construction industry um, going further here on Earth because I want to get started by examining how NASA's 3D printed habitat challenge uh, really is impacting everyone. So last year, NASA and the National Additive Manufacturing Innovation Institute hosted a $50,000 competition to design a 3-D printed habitat for deep space exploration. The design competition was part of a larger multi-phase 3-D printed habitat challenge. Now, the objective here is to advance the additive construction technology needed to create sustainable housing solutions for Earth and beyond. Now, I love thinking about that because that is absolutely um really uh, fascinating to me to think that that's what we're talking about. So the design phase portion of the competition asks participants to develop state-of-the-art architectural concepts that take advantage of the unique capabilities 3D printing offers. So think about that for a minute because we've been talking about all the unique things 3D printing can do. So more than 165 submissions were received and 30 highest-scoring entries were judged. So the first-place award of 25000 went to a team's Space Exploration Architecture and Clouds Architecture office for the design of the Mars Ice House, so if you can believe that. So I want to take a closer look at the Mars Ice House. I just love that name, right? It's really kind of fun. So the water as the core resource – NASA has taken a follow-the-water approach to exploration, and the ice house extends that concept to construction. So the innovative uh, structure draws on the abundance of water and presently low temperatures in Mars and northern latitudes to create a multi-layer pressurized radiation shell of ice. So this is kind of interesting when you take all the engineering side of all of this, and so A unique 3-D printing technique harnesses the physics of water and its phase transition to construct uh, ice house. So um, the ice house was the winning submission. So uh, I found that really interesting because of the way they did all that. But let's take a look at a few other innovative deep space designs that are probably less uh, kind of complicated than just the ice house. But the next submission was awarded best in class for Beck's best architectural design. So uh, the MOA architecture explains the 3D printer of the future will be capable of scanning surrounding geologically uh, geology to create an adaption of uh, local environmental conditions based on thermal and solar requirements, soil characteristics, wind patterns, radiation hazards, and structural foundation requirements. And this is kind of interesting when you think just in general what they're doing. um, Combining these inputs with the habitat's programming requirements provides a platform to allow the printer to adjust the design prior to printing the habitat. So if you think about all of that, so it's pretty cool if you think about everything that's going on. And so while the interior layer and ergonomics are relatively stable, both the shell and interior forms can be designed mathematically. So it kind of takes the habitat, is designed to be printed as a single form. And I think this is a really cool concept, and I can definitely see why it received a best-in-class recognition for architectural design. So now let's look at the next submission by a team of, uh, was called LeHive, was awarded the third place honor. And LeHive is a modular additive manufacturing Martian habitat design, I love these names, uh, using a proposed uh, novel lava casting construction technique. And it also uses recycled spacecraft materials and structures. Now think about taking what we want to do here on Earth and then taking it um, into space. So Lava Hive's approach represents a unique application of the additive manufacturing methodology creating a realistic and achievable approach to a 3D printed Mars habitat. So the other team, Team Parallax, has designed uh, what they call the Radical, and the design approach consists of a two-part system of construction based on a three-armed geometry. So the goal is to build a safe and comfortable habitat for living and working on Mars. And it's not, if you think about it, based on what we heard Mike Lewis tell us, um, it's not easy to do that, and it's not an easy goal at all to achieve. So the design was configured as a result of a logistical challenges that you can think about that were presented. So, part one of the system consists of prefabricated foldable envelopes that deploy from the landing capsule when it's pressurized to an Earth-like atmospheric conditions. Part two is these cementuous sh- shell of 3D printed from a local Martian resources. So you you think about all the things they had to consider here. So the two parts allow this uh, radical to leverage the advantages of elements and prefabricate it on Earth while uh, at the same time minimizing the amounts of building material delivered to Mars. So if you think about it, from 3D printing to sustainable building materials, there is a lot to consider for the future building. And more than that, there's a lot to think about from a construction perspective when it comes to putting these designs, plans to action. So I think what's interesting, what once seemed like a thing of the future, traveling to space and creating a sustainable living structures, is really a thing of now. And that's given these examples and what received an honorable mention, what won. what may now may not seem that is, you can realize the construction industry is going to have to really be a big part of making these visions a reality. And I think so it's really important for all of us to explore these ideas that may seem far-fetched to some. And I think that's what's really fascinating is that it's time for us to think outside the box, as I mentioned, especially in construction. because. We're really designing things here on Earth and sending them up, you know, to Mars now. And that's what's so amazing is that all of this technology is, is really being used, and we're constructing things that I think will begin to hear a lot more of these types of projects, and NASA's design challenge will really be just the beginning of getting people in the construction industry truly involved. And to be able to... Um, kind of consider these things for the job set of the future, and more and more of you in the construction industry are going to have to apply 3D printing, and I know that we heard Baroque talk about that we're going to have less, and it's uh, individual humans involved in construction, and we're going to see more machines, but I think it's going to take the human side of things to come up with these creative ideas about how we're going to deliver that how we're going to have to make these certain materials and how we're going to have to be able to create these things from Earth to Mars. And that construction, creative creativity is not going to be done just by a machine. So I think we're going to see a lot of this, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over years and centuries to be able to do that, and I think uh, in, in decades as we talk about it. But I think what's really interesting is what we're being able to achieve right now. And I just think we're seeing a lot of – New forms of technology coming into play, the idea of what we're being able to do. But we're out of time, and this week's show is over. Remember, Conexpo ConAg Radio is broadcast live every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central. Please sign up for our 365 newsletter. Check out the event next year, March 7th through 11th. We want you to be there. So remember, Conexpo ConAg Radio is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here. Have a wonderful week. A podcast or radio show on WS Radio is a great way to create content marketing. Turn prospects into customers into raving fans. Contact Wade at wsradio.com or call 866-WS-RADIO. Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet, and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at conexpoconag.com slash future, and join us as we take this to the next level. Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released, and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, VinVillage.com, where wine lovers connect. Be sure to tune in weekly to VinVillage Radio for exclusive, in-depth interviews with the who's who in wine and food.